that you've had a great day. Um, just to say thank you to, to Jordan for that great song and great to the band. Uh, thank you to the band for leading us so well in worship and for everybody who's participated so far. I wonder if we just bow our heads just for a moment in prayer. Uh, my endeavour is, and it is always faithful, is not to be long, but uh, I do just want to share a few things with us and a few thoughts with us this evening. So Father, we are just here and we are wanting to hear from you and we pray God that as we open the scriptures that you would speak to each and every one of, the, one of us. We recognise that this message is timeless, it's changeless and it's power to change lives. And I pray, God, tonight that lives would be absolutely changed and those who feel far away from you would be brought closer to you. And we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. It is great to be together. It really is. And uh, I just want to, for a few moments, talk about uh, redemption story, really. Redemption's story. What God is about when we look at, when we think about the cross, I want to uh, just you know, bring some um, understanding to us of what the cross stands for. You notice before Jordan actually shared that beautiful song with us, um, there was a, a DVD that was sold, which was, which was entitled Cardboard Stories. And uh, I was just really inspired by that, um, that um, you know, uh, DVD uh, many weeks ago. And I said to the media team, I'd really like that if we could for Good Friday. Because it really encapsulated what redemption story is all about. And what I really want to encourage you in your mind visually is for you to take a cardboard in your mind now. I want you to take it and visualize this cardboard in your mind. And throughout the course of the evening, I'm wanting you to just consider, and I'm going to bring it to the point where we actually consider our lives and what we were like outside of Christ. Tonight, I don't want to assume anything. Because there may be people here who are still outside of Christ. And there's a story that is being written, that has been written over your life. And uh, you've, you've got to write the words, you've got to write the, your own story. But I want to say it doesn't just need to remain that story. The redemption story is that things can change in your life. I, I was really inspired by it, so I actually wrote my own um, story. This was me 28 years ago. I was bad tempered. I was prone to tell lies. And for some strange reason, even as a young boy, I was disappointed. <laughs> because I'd been raised in church, I was self righteous, I was whitewashed. On the outside, but I was dark and dirty on the inside. You see, I had, an, I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't know God. This is my story 28 years ago. But my story changed 28 years ago. And it's continued to change. Now today... I'm clean on the inside, and I'm also clean on the outside. I've scrubbed up quite well tonight. I even put a suit on because it's Good Friday. Instead of being disappointed, I'm hoping in God. I'm open to others. There's no more lies. I'm saved. 
and I'm redeemed. My verse is Ephesians 2 verse 45. Because of God's great love and mercy, he made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in sins. It's by grace you have been saved. I wonder what your cardboard story is tonight. For some of you, you've only got that story to tell. But tonight, as we was encouraged by Christine, I actually believe that you can begin to write another story on the other side. You see, I'm mindful today that there are different people from different backgrounds here. And it may be that you've got in your mind that this story of crucifixion is just so hard to believe. You're a skeptic here tonight. You, you, you're here and you're thinking, well, it's very hard to believe that this story that has been celebrated and has been proclaimed for over 2,000 years now is actually true. You may be here and thinking, to me now, if you had me a one-on-one with me, you'd actually ask me the question, Christian, do you actually believe the story of Easter? If that's a good starting point, I want to answer that by saying yes, but before we get into that, that would be a pretty good question if that's where you're at. Is this true? And we're going to look at it tonight. Another question that people have asked over the Easter story is, well, okay, it's true, but what relevance does it have to me? You see, what is it about this Jesus hanging on a cross? And so, what? What does it mean to me? I mean, I'm just living my life. I'm just getting on with things. Jesus has no relevance in my life at all. And that might be where you're at tonight. It could be, though, that if you're a person here who's thinking this has no relevance to me, and I'm not even sure that I believe it, that this could be, potentially, if you would just give me a few minutes of your time, this could be the pivotal moment in your life. There have been some pivotal moments in history, hasn't there? I mean, we heard one a few weeks ago about Rosa Parks and how she made a decision that she was not going to stand to her feet to allow a white man to stand, uh, to sit where she was sat and it, and it spurred on the civil rights movement in the United States. There have been some pivotal moments in our history here in the United Kingdom because there was a man by the name of Sir Winston Churchill who made a stand that actually we would not be defeated. And I was incredibly stirred even recently hearing his recorded voice and just stirred in my heart. No wonder he stirred something of a passion in the nation and we stood resolute against the Nazi invasion. Have you ever thought what it would be like if the Nazi had actually succeeded in their plans? This would have been a completely different world in which you and I had been raised. And even for an Austin who is an American here, we'll give you a little bit of credit as well. The Americans helped slightly. Although the Americans always want to say they won the war, we know different, don't we, you Brits? Yeah, we know, we know different. We know different. Pivotal moments of history. What about in the United States that I remember even to this day where I was when the Twin Towers were crashing down. I was sunning myself. I was swimming in a pool in Spain. And we couldn't believe what was, what was happening on the news. Even in Spanish news we were able to see. And it has changed the course of history. 
For those who travel and those who fly, you know it's changed the course of traveling. Where before you was able to, there were some checks, but now you have to take, literally, I get concerned, I think, what else am I going to have to take off? As I go through these things, I mean, are they wanting to see me stripped down? I mean, what is all this about? Pivotal moments that have changed the course of history. There's no more pivotal than the cross. There's no more pivotal in history than the story of the cross. There really isn't. And the story of the cross is here because God understood that there was a problem. And we're going to come on to that in a moment. And the problem was sin. But you see, attached to sin is something that I call unhappiness. Isn't it amazing how we have more stuff than we've ever had, we have more opportunities than we ever had, and yet the world's miserable. You might be here tonight and you have more money than you've ever had, ever hoped of having, ever thought of having. You might have more opportunities than you've ever had. You might have more friends than you've ever had. You might have more opportunities and more excitement than you've ever had. And yet you're the most unhappiest person in the world. You see, the problem is, we can't find happiness. We can't find happiness. For those who've got a Bible, I wonder if you turn with me to Ephesians in chapter 2. And we're going to have it come on the screen. And I just want to read a few verses to us. And I want to go through the text just very carefully. We've read the story of the crucifixion, and I'll I'll allude to that. But I want to try and give an understanding to those two initial questions of, is the crucifixion true? And also, what relevance does this story contain for me? Now, let's look at it together. It reads, as for you, everybody say you. You were dead in your transgressions and your sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. I want to just read something for a moment. Just give me your attention. Because this is another man's slant on those few verses. And it reads fantastically well. It says that it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in the old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief And then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. How true is that? How true are those words? It says in the Bible that all have sinned and fallen short of God's best. What the translation there in the message on those verses says this, since we've compiled this long and sorry record of sins. 
I thought it would be an interesting thing tonight to just look at the sins of which we've compiled because one of the things that you need to just note in your mind, the story of the cross and redemption story, is that Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came not for well people, he came for sick people, like you and like me. If you want to understand the relevance of this story and of this cross, it's this, that Christ, who is rich in mercy, and we'll come on to that in a moment, sent his one and only son as a perfect sacrifice for yours and for my sin. Please don't any of you tell me here tonight that you've never sinned because I do not believe you. We've all sinned. And I thought it would be a good thing for us to actually just look at what do we mean by sin to be absolutely clear tonight. And so I wonder if some people would just help me naturally speaking, what sins do we see in the world? I'm not saying these are necessarily in you, but what sins do we have to contend with in the world? Who wants to just raise their hand and help me tonight? Simon, yeah. On, okay, we'll put adultery. You can't probably see that, can you? Because the light, can you see it? Oh, great, okay. Adultery, yeah, who else? Yes, no. Coveting. Okay, because I'm a creative sort of man, I'm going to do it in red and blue. Coveting. Sean, yeah, I saw your hand up. Anger. Oh my goodness. Anger. I'm going to put another one there. Rage. Anybody suffer with road rage? Anybody been on the end of road rage? My goodness. Yeah, anybody else who can help me? Bad language. Cursing. Cursing. Yeah. Anybody else? Dougie, yeah. No discipline. Of course, the other thing is no self-control, and that's another issue, isn't it? Yeah. And it, yeah, go on, Christine, first. Greed. Was you going to say the same, Chris? Greed. Okay, anybody else? Telling lies. Even, even white ones, fibbing. Let's be honest here, who's ever said that? Lord, I'm just going to tell a white lie. Who's ever said that? Is that one of those, does that say that in the Bible, Phil, about white lies? No, it doesn't, does it? Lies are lies. Okay, right. Anybody else? Yes, Helen. Oh, it's all about me. Can you remember that? Does anybody suffer with it? Nobody's going to raise their hand. All about me. Selfishness. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, go on, Dave. Addictions. Yeah. Beck, yeah. Jealousy. Oh, my goodness, that's a biggie, isn't it? That's a biggie. Yeah, jealousy. Now let me just ask you a question here. Has everybody been? Yeah? 
Judgmental. Okay. Judgmental. Am I doing all right on spelling? Whew. I'm flowing in the Holy Ghost. All right. That's a bit sketchy. I'm sorry, but judgmental. It is, it is J-U-D-G-E-M. Judgmental. Anyway. Right. Can you see those? Can everybody see them? Okay, there you go. There you go. Okay. Pride. Okay, pride. It's a good one. Whoa. See, that nearly took it over, that did pride. Right, let me just talk to you now. It is, it's literally going to take it over now, that is. Just that. Has that done it? Yeah. Has anybody ever played bingo? Come on, let's not be religious now. Have you ever played bingo? Okay. Now, when we play bingo, you get a card, don't you? And then the bingo call, I'm not just about to try and do it now, but they give you numbers. I played it when I was in French class. They used to try and get your number, numbers better, and that's what they used to do to try and keep you, you know, informed and connected. But the whole object of bingo is to fill your cards with the numbers that have been called. Is that right? And then the first one who has filled it shouts what? Bingo, Paul. Or house. Brilliant. Now then. Let's take a, let's take a nine, a nine block bingo card here. A nine block bingo card. I want you to do it internally. I've given you a piece of card and I'm the bingo caller this evening. But it's a little bit more serious about winning money and cash and goods and gifts. It's about the condition of your life. And I'm just going to shout some things out. And so you've got nine spaces to mark your card. And I'm just going to shout them from this list that you've created, not that I've created. And I want you to just mark a card. I want you to mark your card. don't want you to shout it out. I just want you to mark your card at this moment. Adultery. Coveting. Anger. Rage. Cursing. No discipline. Greed. Fibbing. Selfishness. Addictions. Jealousy. Being judgmental. Pride. I wonder how many full houses and how many calls of bingo we would have in our lives tonight. There could be a reverse to this, that some of you are really good people and you've never committed adultery and you live a great life. But can you remember my card that I wrote? Let me show it you again. I was self-righteous. You see, I was whitewashed on the outside, but on the inside I was dark and I was dirty. You might have a knowledge of God, but it's not about having a knowledge of God. It's about knowing God. So you could come from a position of, like the Pharisees, I haven't done any of these things. But I want to tell you, whether you filled your card and could shout bingo, or whether there were just one or two things, your card has been marked. Your card has been marked. What's interesting, you see that 
we read from these verses here that we've all sinned. There is sin in the world. There is sin in our lives. And what we try and do then is, naturally speaking, we try and remove it by good deeds. So, I'll bung a few quid to Macmillan. I'll bung a few quid to the Salvation Army at Christmas when I see them. And I try and get rid of my dirt by satisfying, you know, my feeling that I need to just be right by people because then that makes me feel good. But what we realize is that actually you can't get rid of this stuff by good deeds. I'm trying, but it really doesn't get rid of it by good deeds. So what I then do, I think I know what I'll do. I'll go to church. That's a great one. I'll come to church and I'll come every week and I'll pray and I'll read my Bible and I'll do, I'll sit, I'll even know the songs, I'll memorize the songs. I might even put a few quid in the offering and I'll come to church and we think that we can get rid of this stuff. I want to be as blunt as, uh, as I can be. You won't get rid of this stuff by coming to church. It just does not remove. It can't be removed. So we try and earn our way. We try and buy our way. We try and give our way. (laughs) There's only one way to get rid of this stuff. And it's by coming to the cross. I want to just read something. I'll just drop this down because I want to come back to this in a moment. Because I want to go on, if we can, from Ephesians in chapter 2. Because let's read on. Because there's this great big sorry long list of sins that we've all got. And they're all there. And the reality is that this sinful life has condemned us. I'm sorry to be the announcer of, of bad news. But you're all condemned. You're all condemned. As I am. Condemned. Condemned. Broken. But you see, God sent Jesus. You see, sin condemned me, but grace saves me. Let me just read on because I'm so glad that the writer of the Ephesians, Paul, doesn't just leave it at verse 3, but he goes on to verse 4. If you've got your Bibles, let's look at it and let's look at the screen if we can. Because then he goes on to say, but because of his great Love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. It is by grace you have been saved. Let's look at verse 8 because then he goes on to say, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's by grace you have been saved. Through faith, you see, God's richness of love and mercy towards you sent Jesus to the cross. This is the story of the cross. And I know some of us have been in church and we know this again, but I pray that this would just wash over us once again. That we would just be impacted by this great, huge, merciful, loving God and Father to each and every one of us. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And we can't get to God by good works. And we can't get to God by earning it. And we can't get to God by being God. We can only get to God by grace. For it is by grace you have been saved. 
What is then is grace. Grace is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. God's mercy is God withholding from us that which we do deserve. Have you got that? So God's grace is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. So this cross, this cross that we're looking at, and thanks to David Gregory for building this great cross. It's a rugged cross. This is, speaks of God's grace and God's love and God's mercy to each and every one of us. You see, Jesus suffered. Thanks to Chris Stockdale for just giving me this. I just want to read it for a few moments, if I may. It says there, how bad was crucifixion? We get our English word excruciating from the Roman word out of the cross. Commentator said, consider how heinous sin must be in the sight of God when it requires such a sacrifice. You see, what was it like to be crucified? Let's just take a moment and looking at this cruel cross here. What was it like to be crucified? Because in the days the New Testament was first written, the practice needed no explanation. But we do well to appreciate just what happened at crucifixion. Although the Romans did not invent crucifixion, they perfected it as a form of torture and capital punishment that was designed to produce a slow death with maximum pain and suffering. Listen to this for a moment. The victim's back would be first torn open by the scourging when the clotting blood would be ripped open again when the clothes were torn off the victim. I'm sorry if this upsets you, but this is the reality of what our Saviour faced. When thrown on the ground to fix his hands to the crossbeam, the wounds would again be torn open and contaminated with dirt. Then as he hung on the cross with each breath, so, yeah, then as he hung on the cross with each breath, the painful wounds on the back would scrape against the rough wood of the upright beam and would be further aggravated. Driving the nail through the wrists would sever the large median nerve. This stimulated nerve would produce excruciating bolts of fiery pain in both arms and could result in claw-like grip in the victim's hands. I could go on and, and give further illustration of what our Savior had to suffer in crucifixion. Anybody who says to me that actually this Jesus, he was meek and mild and it was a bit pathetic really, is a bit of a whim. I just think they're, off, they're on another planet, guys, who say that. I'll tell you, our Savior Jesus, he was a real man's man. He understood pain, he understood suffering like we've never, ever experienced in our lives. He hung upon a cross and took cruel nails, similar to these. And these took him to the cross. Why? Because he is rich in mercy and he is full of grace. He wanted to provide a way of escape for you and for I. You see, we were trying to make our way to God. We were trying to give our way to God. We were trying to do all these things, but it's actually only through. It's not coming off now. Caroline, have you got that other stuff there? 
Sorry. Ah, this will do it. Can you see how it's just beginning? What I've actually done a little bit of a trick. I tried to do a bit of magic. It's actually nail polish remover. It's not mine, by the way. Okay, I want you to know that. Let's get it because I want to symbolize what we're doing here. Okay, and just throw it to me. Good boy. See, it's only through Christ coming. This is my story. <laughs> Let you into a bit of a secret. 28 years ago was when I was 12. I was only 12. That's probably why probably there weren't a lot of lust around my life at that point. And <laughs> there wasn't a lot of drunkenness. A little bit of drunkenness, but not a lot. But there was a self-righteousness. And there were lies. I want to tell you, some of you have heard me tell this story before. But I knew Jesus had saved me. Not everybody feels anything when they make the point of decision. But for me, I'm in my mum's here tonight. She probably can remember me doing it. I wept and wept and wept. Wept and wept and wept. Wept and wept and wept at the front of the church. I wept my way into the kingdom. I was 12. People in the church wondered what was going on. What could this young lad have done that was so bad? But I knew I was a sinner. And I knew I needed a saviour. And I needed him to wash me clean. His blood cleansing my heart. I love to tell you that I've never sinned from that time. It's not true. Even this week. I've needed him to come and just wash me again. My heart again. And make me clean. You see, this is the story of the cross. Jesus, Jesus, who is rich in love and mercy towards every one of us. He took the nails. He took the punishment. He took the beating. Because he loved us. And he provided a way for us to come back to him. I want to close by just asking each and every one of us. I asked you at the beginning to just visualize in your mind your cardboard. And I wonder what you'd write on your life story so far. And for some of us, we've already done that and we all also have a reverse. And some of your stories are truly inspiring. They really are. Thanks be to God. For you, I want to say, please, may we never lose the wonder of the cross. May we never lose the wonder of the Savior's love. Our, Savior's, our Savior loves us so very much. But for others here tonight, you may have only got one side to the story. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to do begin to write another story. But before I do that, I just wanted to do it symbolic. Because this was me. And thanks be to God because of this thing here. 
I'm now free. I'm now saved. I'm now redeemed. And my story is at the foot of the cross. Because I'm in awe of all that Jesus has done with me. A Mansfield boy. Nothing particularly flashy about my family or my life at all. And yet Jesus reached down and saved me. But I had to receive his grace. I had to receive his mercy. I had to receive his love. I wonder if we'd just bow our heads for a moment. Because I want to ask you tonight if you've never turned the page of your cardboard. and You know you haven't. But you want a brand new start. It all starts at the foot of the cross. It won't start by you trying to get to God or trying to be clean or trying to do good works. Even though those things are real admirable. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is a gift of God. Will you receive the gift of his free salvation tonight? I believe there are people who need to respond. I want to ask you to just do something simply. As every eye is closed. If you want to say, Christian, yeah, I'm receiving this gift of grace tonight. I wonder if you just raise your hand where you are and then put it down. Just raise your hand where you are. Let me see your hand raised tonight and you just receiving a brand new start in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else tonight?